Welcome to Real Talk Arkansas. I'm your host, Cody Ford, Outreach and Statewide Programs Director for the Arkansas Cinema Society. One of the things about ACS is the people that we get to talk to, they're all age ranges, and you never know when you're going to get bit by the film bug. It could be you know, growing up, it could be you're older, you've done a career, um, and you're just wanting to retire and then start something new. You know, I've encountered all types of people. One person I've gotten to know recently skews a little bit on the younger side of that spectrum, and you know, despite the fact that he's just still in high school, I mean, he has put together a very impressive resume, and we're going to talk today with Corbin Pitts. Now, Corbin is uh, a young actor and filmmaker. Some of you may have seen Corbin in uh, True Detective Season 3 when he was uh, sharing scenes with Marshala Ali and Stephen Dorff. You know, he was also in the film Ghost of the Ozarks that ACS got to screen a few times this year. And um, next year is going to be in a film called Murder at Hollow Creek that stars Mickey Rourke and Casper Van Dien and Jason Patrick and some others. He also has some impressive stage credits, such as the Broadway national tour of The Music Man in Concert. And he was one of 22 cast in the off-Broadway workshop of a new musical, The America Project. And it premiered at the Sheen Center in New York City. I mean, it's just very impressive. And one of the really cool things that Corbin has going on is he is out making his own movies, too. And a recent film that he had, it's uh, called Salad Days. Now, some of you may have seen that we promoted that in our newsletter and social media because he did a premiere for it earlier this year. And it also made it in Filmland Arkansas in the student category. Corbin wrote, shot, directed, edited. I mean, it was just like a one-man shop. He just was doing it all himself and just you know pulling in whoever he could to help out whenever they could. And I made a very interesting film that you know, for a first-time filmmaker, you can't help but be impressed with what he's put together on this. So Corbin is going to chat with us about you know, his career as an actor, but also you know how he got bit by the film bug. And he might even have a story in here about beatboxing in front of ACS's co-founder, Jeff Nichols. So let's welcome Corbin to the show. Corbin, thanks for being here on Real Talk Arkansas today. Thanks for having me. Well, it's exciting to have you here. I know we've uh, kind of emailed before. We got to meet briefly during Filmland, but we haven't got to sit down and really chat. So it, it's great to have you here on Real Talk Arkansas. And let's let's talk all about uh, you basically have had like a, a full adult career happen by the time you were 16. And so I want to dig into that a little bit because I think it's really exciting. Yeah, well. Let's dig into it. All right. Um, so let's start from the beginning. Now, you uh, were, I believe, five years old when you first started acting? Yes, sir. So tell us a little bit about how that gig came about. Uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was kind of a random thing. Uh, my mom got a call from a friend who was a hairstylist, I believe, and she said, hey, uh, does, your son have, does your son have red hair? Because my mom is a redhead. And I almost said no. Uh but we can make something work. And she told me, and uh, my mom said to the person, she said, well, okay, well, why? And the, the hairstylist said, well, okay, well, we need a redheaded boy for this uh, film that we're doing called Red Courage. And um, my mom then told me and uh, said, okay, well, you got to audition for it. And I was immediately like, no, I'm good. That doesn't sound like it's up my alley. And then she said, okay, well, there's going to be another little boy just like you who's, uh, who's going to audition. He's going to get it. 
And so I was like, okay, cool. And I'll do it. And I did it. And I got the role. And there's this precious little five minute, you know, audition of me from like 10 or 11 years ago. <laughs> and um, I I was so young that I I couldn't read. My my parents thought I was like dyslexic up until I was like seven because I couldn't read. I had to do reading lessons outside of school. And um, so I was so young. So I had to have an assistant like read me the lines during these table reads. And um, I was so rambunctious on set. You know, they had to bring a flat screen in to keep me just grounded and i would play call of duty um so it was fun it was good uh yeah and everything just kind of hit off right there and so you, you were one of the main characters in the film then uh yes sir i was um i played the main character's younger version story of my life okay now where can people watch it is it out i think on youtube i don't know okay, okay. <laughs> i haven't seen it in so long all right. So, so yeah, not necessarily made it to the big screen or anything. It was just kind no, of a, no, no. more of an independent production. I got you. So you did that. And what, what did you do next? I believe you're, you're a bit of a, a song and dance man, right? You've done some yeah. little bit, a little bit of theater kind of performance. Uh, walk us through that. Uh, yeah. So when I was, when I was super young, when I was like three or four, I used to go to, uh, you know, a ballet academy and I went up until I was like 10 or 11, but I took some breaks in between, but I, and I also did some child mo modeling for magazines and, uh, Dillard's and stuff like that. But, um, right after I did that film, I, 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 this sounds like I'm bragging, but I've, I've done like so many films between that time period. Like I couldn't tell you which one I did next. Uh, yeah, that's but, okay. Uh, so I, I did a I did a lot of theater when I was really young, and I was on a national Broadway tour for Music Man. And I did three productions at the Rep, all at the age of eight. Um, and then I I had an agent by the time I was like six, I think. Uh, and so yeah, I did I did a lot of theater and combined with film, so it's very busy. I was working you know fifteen to eighteen hours a day, or you know when I was eight or nine, which was very unhealthy. I think it stunted my growth. <laughs> Now, working those long days, how were you doing that more like in the summers or kind of off and on all year long? All year long. I, all year long. I remember I worked so much when I was nine years old. I, I told my mother, I said, you know, it was the summer of 2015. I said, you know, I'm retiring. She was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I'm retiring. Not only a month later, I was back doing shows. Um, and so, yeah, I, I did it so much. Um, but yeah. Now, one of those that you were in, that was The Magic Man, the off-Broadway production of it? Yeah, it was the Music, M Man. Music Man. Music Man, sorry, yeah. Yeah, and uh, were you, within, within that one, I mean, were you just more of like a background dancer, or did you have a minor role, major role? Uh, from what I remember, I was a supporting character. My name was Winthrop. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I sang a song called Gary and Anda, and Gary, Indiana, with a lisp. Okay. All right. So throughout that time, you're doing theater, doing a little dancing here and there, making films. You know, what was the next really big film that you can recall that had an impact on you? Next big project you were a part of, I should say. Man, I wasn't a part of this project, but it, it impacted me. Um, I met a lot of people from it. It was Midnight Special. So this is almost 10 years ago. Um I got a callback. I made it to the final round to play the young boy. I think Jaden Liebener, I think that's his name. He's changed it like five times. I think that's, I don't even know, but that's the boy who wound up getting the role. And it was Jeff Nichols' film, and I went to New Orleans for it. 
and at this time I was like on my grind, I was driving to other, you know, my eight-year-old self, I was driving, I was driving to, you know, Georgia, all different, everywhere. I was driving everywhere for these open casting calls, for these films that sometimes were just local, you know, short films. And so I got this audition for this, went from or or not Orlando, uh, New Orleans, all the way back to North Little Rock. And as soon as we're entering my my neighborhood, we get a call. And it's like, hey, we need you back. So we stopped by the house, got like a granola bar and went back. And I got there and I'm pretty sure I had a conversation with the kid, Jaden. He was not big at the time. And I, and I remember saying like, okay, I'll see you later. And I was like this major superstar. <laughs> and um, I remember I beatboxed to Jeff Nichols and his casting team because they were like, do you have any more special talents? I was like, I could beatbox the James Bond theme song. And uh, we were up in this penthouse and I was like seven and I started beatboxing, but I never got it. But the, the reason why I say it impacted me so much is um, I met Jeff um, and I met a plethora of other people and it gave me a lot of experiences. It gave me that experience of, you know, being a, a you know, I say a nobody actor, but like, you know, an actor who's trying to do anything he can um, to get into the industry and I guess the big project that I was a part of that impacted me the most till this day was um, True Detective. Yeah, and you had a pretty decent-sized recurring role in that, correct? I did. I did. Yeah, tell us about your character a little bit. Uh, well, um, I'm not proud of this, but I, I've never seen the full season. It's <laughs> um, a good season. You should check it out. Well, it's so weird. I, yeah. uh, I watched the first two episodes at the premiere, and I was like, that's really cool. And I don't know. It was like from that point on every sunday my family would all gather on the tv and they they would watch it and i would just be downstairs just doing my own thing probably writing or making yeah. a shit film um and, and and i get that i mean it's something that you were a part of so the magic is sort of gone maybe a little bit yeah yeah and, yeah well maybe you can reuse it one day yeah it's an incredible season but you were uh the friend i believe of one of the the main main kid who went missing right yeah i do okay i i do know about my character so basically i yeah. was um I was uh, one of the kids that was uh, really good friends with the kid who goes missing in the film or the TV show. From what I've heard, I like in the series um, or the, this season. Uh, I don't remember too much, but uh, someone I did meet that's just a great mentor of mine is Nathan Weatherington, who is the older version of me. And, um, you know, he, he's just a really awesome guy. But I met so many people from that show, just the four or five days that I shot. I met so many people, made so many good connections. And I think that's something that a lot of actors and anyone in the industry needs to take note of is like, if you're on a production, no matter what you're doing, you've got to network. Some people might think it's overbearing or, you know, clingy. It's not, you know, you, I walked around with my 1980s costume on with like 300 business cards in my back pocket, handing it out to, you know, like grip workers and people who are technicians, anyone. And I made so many good connections off of it, but, um, yeah, it was it was funny. I remember Stephen Dorff. Uh, he uh, he drank a lot one day on set, and he he drank a lot in Fayetteville too. I, we ran into yeah. him. He uh, uh, he he introduced me to the HBO producers as the young Spielberg, and um, which is funny because I have a story I'll tell you in just a second. And uh, I I remember I told the producers like, yeah, you know, I want to I want to pitch to Warner Brothers one day, and producers looked at me and they all kind of laughed around they look like wall street guys and they, they said uh you what did you just say to us kid and i was like you know i don't know what did i just say i don't know and uh they said 
just take a take a note when you when you when you tell someone like us that you're going to pitch to another company you need to be saying that you're going to pitch to us and not another company and i was like duly noted duly noted and i've never i've never even said that i never said it to anyone else yeah. in, in fairness you you i think you had the parent company down for one because i, I think hbo was owned by warner brothers right then yeah so, yeah. yeah so i believe you, you were half right you know half right yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, so, so you got to like butt heads with the producers a little bit. Now, didn't yeah, you got to interact with uh, director of some of the episodes, right? I think you were yeah, telling Jer- that. Yeah, Jeremy Solnier, um, director of uh, Green Room and Blue Ruin, uh, just awesome. He he was great, so down to earth, and I I still keep in contact with him and his family from time to time. And um, no, he's cool. I remember I was walking up to him after uh, we were going to lunch, and I was telling him about how I saw uh, you know Green Room, and he was like, "Buddy, that's that's not good." And I was like, well, it was a good film. And it was just, I put him in an awkward position because I, I was telling him I watched one of his most gruesome films he made up to that point. And I was like 11 or 12. But um, no, it was it was fun. Uh, yeah, it was cool. And you know, from that, how long was it? Uh, had you already started making short films at that point, like on your own time? So what kind of an impact, you know, being on this massive set, because I assume it's probably like the biggest set you'd got to be on really at that point. Uh, What kind of an impact did that have on you? And really, were you after that, you're like, yeah, I'm going all in on filmmaking. Like, how how did that affect you personally? Oh, it's terrifying. I was like, oh, shit, this is oh, God, this is much bigger than what I do at home. Like, it was terrifying. Um, I don't know. Most people think like it was inspiring and in a way it was. I was like, wow, this is really awesome because so many people are, you know, trying to commit the common goal, which is we want to make a good piece of art. So that was really awesome to me. And um, something that I love about the industry is that this is one of the only industries that utilizes every other industry and other every other trade. You know, you have uh, technicians, you have uh, uh, craft services, you have all these different things, construction teams. And this is one of the only industries that utilizes that. Yeah, hairdressers. Yeah, I mean, it's... Literally everything. Everything. That's awesome to me. Um, And I think what I liked about it was, is um, I'm... This sounds so pretentious, but like I I like to be a leader in situations. And I I feel like with me and the way I... I, Because I've been on some really uncomfortable sets where the director is just, you know, kind of... uh, He's in a bad mood or she's in a bad mood. And that means everyone else in the production's in a bad mood. So my productions, what I've learned from being an actor is I try to keep the juju as positive as possible on these, on, on my sets. And I try to make sure everyone's comfortable, but so I've picked up little nuggets here and there. Um, but no, it was terrifying, but it was also really cool. It was, it was a mixture of both. Oh, I bet. Now, how long after you did true detective was it before you launched your own production company? I actually, uh, started my production company months before I did True Detective. Oh, okay. So, and you're coming up on five years for that. Coming up on five years, yes, sir. Congratulations on it. So, let's talk about some of the projects your company has done the last few years, and you as a filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I made a short film um, called Midnight Jingles. I say it was my first short film, but this was in New Year's New Year's Eve Eve. I made it in three days um say like the first short you're proud of that it's like you kind of feel like yeah i've done it oh this is watchable it's still i'm not i mean i think no shade any of the actors anyone that worked on it i personally don't enjoy watching it but um 
everybody's their worst critic you know it was a film and it was watchable and you kind of understood what was going on okay fair and so i made that then i went on to make this documentary on this punk band that was across the river in little rock and i was like 14 following them around with my camera equipment going to dive bars going to these basement jam sessions and so that was cool and that was a cool experience for me it was my it was like my first and only documentary i've ever made it was 45 minutes long it never got released covid hit covid hit like right as soon as I, I, I was cut halfway through production. Like I was going to shoot for another three months. And so I had to work with the footage that I had. So I did that. Then I made a film in, uh, late July, 2020 called when the pal sleeps. I had no script for it. It was very experimental. Um, it was like 35 minutes long and yeah, it was cool. It was fun. It was like a mockumentary in November of 2020. I started shooting a film called plunder bun. I wrote the script in one night um yeah it was cool we had a house fall down in it so that was cool practical effects um and then in may of 2021 i was like i really want to make a film that looks really pretty sounds really good and just has a good story and i i because you know I, all the other films that i've just previously told you about i didn't really focus too much time i just was focused on making a film and cranking one out so yeah. salad days i wrote for seven months i had 19 different drafts um and, you know, uh, it was fun. It was cool. It was stressful. And uh, in January of 2022, I started shooting it. And I shot for roughly four months. And within that time, I was editing, 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 editing. And, in, you know, in May, I, I released it. And so Salad Days, obviously, is like, I don't want to say it's my first short film, but it, I, I feel like it's my first film that I am not like, as a filmmaker, and I'm, I'm sure you relate to this or anyone who's made anything before, like, at first you really enjoy it. And then the more you watch it, the more you watch it, you're like, I don't like this. this Pick it apart too much. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the first one. I still do this with salad days. You know, I I've seen it literally a thousand times. Um, and so it's hard, like at times when I feel like I'm being too critical of myself, I have to stop myself and be like, look, you did the best that you could at the time with the materials that you had available to you. And so this is the first film that I can like watch with an audience and not be like utterly embarrassed. And that sounds so like harsh, but like, it's true as an artist, you're right. You are your worst critic. And it's so, I had so many moments while making the film that I was like, I can't do this. I cannot do this. You know, I shut down a street, did a full car chase. I, I did a, a party scene in the height of COVID and we followed COVID restriction uh, rules and all of that. So yeah, it was a, it was a great experience now that I look back on it. It was a great experience. And this one, kind of you were finding your voice as a writer and a storyteller in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah. I, uh, I, from what I've heard of from some critics, I actually had critics review the film, which was wild yeah. and terrifying. They said, you know, it was a mix between Paul Thomas Anderson and Wes Anderson. And I was like, that's awesome. Thank you. You uh, got the Andersons, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got the Andersons. And so that was really cool. And I, you know, I, I do see like uh, I, I'm starting to see my own style just kind of come. Um, it's not something that I was like, I started uh, reading a lot of like books on filmmaking um, in the past year and just studying it and studying the art of it. And that sounds like kind of nerdy to some people, but it's true. Like I, I literally, I live, sleep and breathe film. Like that's all I do every single day. I do school for like 30 minutes and then I'm like film. Like I, that's all I do. And um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was funny. Like I'm, I'm starting to see the, all, all the stuff just come together and it, I'm coming up on my fifth year and I'm still trying to find like what I want to do. Yeah. 
and I think that just goes to show this is all just a process. You, you've got time. <laughs> just so don't rush yourself. I you do, do have time. You do. Uh, now, we've been talking a lot about Salad Days, but we haven't talked about the story of Salad Days. So would you give us the uh, rundown on it real quick? Yeah. So it's about a single father um, and a son, and the they lose the mother in the household. And the single father plunges into a deep state of depression uh, while dragging his son down with him. And it's a very coming-of-age story. We we uh, it's it's not really I had a ton of people that looked at it as being a you know a film with a message. So far as I've been writing and stuff, me personally, I think it's cool to have messages in your film, but I don't want it to be too overbearing. And with this film, now that I made it while making it, I didn't have a message in mind when the uh, credits started to roll at the premiere. I was like, wow, that did have a message. And I I said this before, and I'll say it again: if you got a message out of it, that's great. If you didn't, that's fine too. And um it's just a story and I think that's what I love. And I just love telling a, an interesting, very unique, this is a very unique story. It's, it's, it's that film, you know, Tarantino, I'll quote Tarantino. He said, make the film that you, you haven't seen be made yet. And this is that film for me. It's, yeah. it's that film. Uh, and some people didn't understand on the first time, but that was like why I made it is for you to go back and rewatch. It's not a film that you, you know, if you doze off for just a few seconds, you want to understand it. And um, so, yeah, it was, uh, I don't even know what you asked. Cause I just kind of, I just <laughs> kind of zoomed off. For a no, it, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, well, I guess one of the things when you were shooting this, you were sort of a basically very, very bare bones production team with you yeah. at times wearing multiple hats and, you know, pulling friends and family in to help with shoots and everything. How long uh, was the, how many months did you shoot on it? And, you know, what, what were any interesting stories that might've occurred during that time? Um, so I shot from January 22nd to April 23rd. And that gave me with festivals that I, local festivals that I had in mind to submit to, it gave me about uh, two weeks to like, you know, lock it. Uh, so I shot with um, the full production included like six people, like with crew. And, but at most times it was just me, my mother and one of my, one of my friends. And my friends, they, they didn't, they don't, they still don't know how to do anything technically behind a camera. All they really know is how to move stuff and, you know, give me that alpha box right here. And so like, I'm just bossing them around, but I think the only thing I really taught them is how to like store stuff and hold a boom. So Salad Days is out. We had it filmed in Arkansas and on the digital experience, we were happy to have it be a part of that. And you got to do the big premiere over at Argenta Theater, uh, I guess well, a few months ago, right? Yes, sir. Uh, it was May 18th. Yeah, it was May 18th, 2022. It was great. We uh, sold out the theater in about three weeks. Uh, 180 people showed up. General Wesley Clark was there and his family. It was a great, it was a great time. And I, it was everything I ever wanted, but I couldn't enjoy it because I was so freaking nervous about like making sure everything went exactly to plan. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was cool. It was awesome. Well, well, that's awesome. You get to have like your, you know, your, your big, I don't know, lack of a better term not your debutante ball if you will but you know it's your, your big party i'm sorry well we can cut this out because i'm <laughs> rambling but no i think that's a really incredible experience but i do understand as someone who sometimes hosts big events that it's like 
you hear later how much fun it was from other people and it can be very oh tricky. god no it was oh it was a nightmare <laughs> yeah you're like oh well, i wouldn't do it again but i'm glad you liked it um so what if what's next i mean you're not necessarily wanting to pursue film festivals with it but are you going to release it uh where people could watch it uh, so it actually released May 20th on uh, my website, www.hereproductions.com, plug, and um, it released on there. We have our own streaming service, The Royal We, as in me. Um, I built it about two years ago, and it has everything. It has all of our films on there, at least all the films that I am kind of okay with showing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's really cool, and I and I think it's really cool that we are just our own thing um so yeah it's on www.hereproductions.com and you can go stream it and any of our other films well corbin i gotta say i really respect your hustle and your diy work ethic that you have going and just willingness to get it done because it's tough i mean as you you know just from as an actor and now as a filmmaker making these things happen it's not easy and people don't always realize the work that goes into it of course so yeah well corbin before we go uh do you want to tease anything what what's next for you I have a film coming next year, um, but I'm going to wait to tease any more information later. Okay, fair enough, but you also have a film coming out that you are an actor in, a big one, I right? I have a, yes, sir. I have a, a, a film coming out next year with Mickey Rourke and Penelope Ann Miller and a list of other great household names. Um, it's written by Kelly Price and directed by David Lipper, and so oh. I'm really excited for that. No, uh, what's the name of it again? Oh, Murder at Hollow Creek. Murder at Hollow Creek. Where was that shot at, out of curiosity? Uh, Clinton, Mississippi. Okay, cool, cool. Well, we'll definitely look forward to seeing that. And, you know, as always, anything you have coming out, be sure and keep everybody ACS aware of it. And we're happy to help filmmakers like you and all the other filmmakers in the state. You know, we want to build this film community, uh, you know, people as, as young as you and people, you know, my age that might want to go out and make something. We're all in this together to be creative and, you know, build the state up. So we are happy to have you here to talk about your journey so far, Corbin. Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it, and I'm excited to see what comes next. Yeah, and the website is HeroProductions.com. Uh, any other social media or anything? Hero Productions with an E. H-E-R-O-E. Sorry, I had to, like, say that. <laughs> okay, we'll put it in the show notes for sure. But HeroProductions.com, there is an E in the middle of it. And, uh, Corbin, thank you again for stopping by Real Talk Arkansas. And that's a wrap for this episode of Real Talk Arkansas. I'd like to thank our guest, Corbin Pitts. If you want to know more about what Corbin is up to, you can follow him along at HeroProductions.com or check him out on Instagram. We'll have all that in the show notes. And you know, if you want to watch some things Corbin's been in, you can check out his IMDb page or definitely go watch True Detective Season 3 if you haven't seen it. It's my personal favorite of all the seasons, but it's, and it's not just because I live in Fayetteville and get to see you know people I know and places that I go it's it's a it's a good story for sure so thank you all for tuning in hope you've had a great 2022 and we look forward to seeing you in the new year Real Talk Arkansas is a production of the Arkansas Cinema Society theme music by Amos Cochran to learn more about ACS visit our website arkansascinemasociety.org 